Hi, and welcome to Finding Your Way Through Therapy. I am your host, Steve Bisson. I'm an author and mental health counselor. Are you curious about therapy? Do you feel there is a lot of mystery about therapy? Do you wonder what your therapist is doing and why? The goal of this podcast is to make therapy and psychology accessible to all by using real language and straight-to-the-point discussions. This podcast wants to remind you to take care of your mental health, just like you would your physical health. Therapy should not be intimidating. It should be a great way to better health. I will demystify what happens in counseling, discuss topics related to mental health, and discussions you can have with your therapist. I also want to introduce psychology in everyday life, as I feel most of our lives are enmeshed in psychology. I want to introduce the subtle and not-so-subtle ways psychology plays a factor in our lives. It will be my own mix of thoughts as well as special guests. So join me on this discovery of therapy and psychology. Hi, and welcome to episode 20 of Finding Your Way Through Therapy. I am Steve Bissell. If you haven't listened to episode 19, I urge you to do so. It was an awesome conversation with Sarah Terpstra. We talked about money and how it affects mental health and how we can alleviate some of the stressors that we have in regards to mental health with money. And I really thought that Sarah had a lot of good points. She was very open and honest, and I loved the conversation that we had. And I hope that you get a chance to listen. Today, I want to talk about what turns out to be probably a precursor to a lot of the conversations I'm going to have in the future episode. And it's about trauma and PTSD. I think that sometimes people mix up those terms and they say that it's kind of the same, which it is to a certain extent, but it really isn't. So let's start off by defining trauma. Trauma is a response to an event that was very, very stressful for a person. It could be a natural disaster, it could be a war zone, it could be an accident, it could be something that you experienced, it could be something you saw, but it has a very limited definition. So when you look at post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, and I'll use the terms interchangeably, it's a lot different because PTSD is a diagnosis. And the diagnosis criteria is as follows. Exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury, or sexual violence. The person directly experiences the event or witnesses it or learns about the traumatic event happening to someone else. It is an experiencing a repeat or extreme exposure to the aversive event. And the criteria also includes what happens afterwards, which is recurring involuntary intrusive distressing memories of the actual event, recurring distressing dreams or nightmares, as some people would say, dissociative reactions. And I'm, I could do a whole show on dissociation, but I will keep it as such for now. An intense or prolonged psychological stress at exposure to internal or external cues that symbolizes or resembles that aspect of that event and physiological reactions that are due to internal external cues to what happened. The other thing that could happen is person, which is another criteria, avoidance of the distressing memories, thoughts, or feelings, or areas that it occurred, and an avoidance or efforts to avoid extreme reminders. So I don't want to go through every single one of them. I actually feel like I did too much already, but that is the diagnosable criteria for PTSD. So my argument has always been that we can all have trauma. And I think that when we talk about trauma, we've all had a distressing event. I mean, if you've been in this community for 
a long enough time, you've had a community event, whether it is a pandemic, whether it is 9-11, whether it's, and I'm going to go closer to home, uh, the Boston Marathon bombings, for example. Those are all distressing events that affected a lot of people. And was it traumatic for some? Absolutely. Was it PTSD for all? Absolutely not. So making the distinction is that PTSD has trauma, but not every trauma turns into PTSD, which is a good way to think about it. And I hope that that makes sure. I think that when you become intrusive, you have intrusive thoughts in regards to these events, whether it's a community event, as I talked about, or something that happens to you. And I, I think that could be anything that you feel traumatic, the loss of a loved one, some sort of assault, whether physical, emotional, or sexual assault, which to me, they're all happening and that could occur and causes trauma in you. That's what I think that we need to start thinking about is that trauma can happen to all of us, but not all of us will de- develop the PTSD from it. So we talked a little bit in the diagnosing criteria about what intrusive is, but sometimes what I like to think about is that if you've had a significant trauma and it's hard for you to get out of your house, for example, because you're thinking about the trauma or you're not able to look at stimuli that are similar to it, or more importantly, avoidance of areas where the trauma occurred, I think that that's a lot of the stuff that people will find that PTSD becomes an issue. And remember, PTSD is not diagnosable right away. I mean, someone can have acute stress disorder, which is the first three to six months. I can't remember exactly. I don't have the criteria in front of me. But after six months, it becomes post-traumatic stress disorder. So thinking about it on a long-term versus a short-term for trauma and PTSD can be very beneficial. And one of the things that I kind of remind myself, I have a colleague of mine who we read a book and was really good. And it talked about how the original trauma that we all had is our separation from our mom, our primary caregiver. So that's where I kind of argue that we've all been through some sort of trauma. And that is where I get that idea from. The other important point is to understand that trauma may not cause PTSD right away, but it can in the long term. So one of the symbolism that I tend to talk about with my clients is that sometimes it's not the first trauma that you have in your work environment. It's the 27th one that causes you to remember all 26 before that. That doesn't mean you didn't process them. That doesn't mean anything else but that because of the accumulative effect of having a job where there's significant trauma, I'm thinking particularly first responders, medical staff, correctional staff, and, and I'm sure that it happens in other jobs. I obviously don't want to discriminate in that way. But I really believe that that's what happens is that it's sometimes not the first one. Some people do get it on the first one, which is fine, and we need to treat that and we can address that. Sometimes it's at the 27th one, which makes it a little more complex and difficult uh, to reprocess all the past in order to get better, which brings me to one of my biggest pet peeves in the field. So a lot of people talk about complex PTSD. And I love the idea of it, and I do understand where it's coming from, and I think that one day maybe perhaps it will be in the DSM-5 criteria book. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist, obviously. But I also think that we got to be cautious when we talk about that. And what I mean by that is it's not a diagnosis yet. Like I said, it will probably be one one day. But right now it's not. And we need to be able to not throw different things at people which were not peer-reviewed, has not been approved. Again, reminding everyone that I don't think it will not be approved eventually. But we need to be able to look at what we have versus what we're creating. And so with complex PTSD, we need to realize that, to me anyway, all trauma is complex. I mean, I don't know of any trauma that is not complex. So I don't know what's going to happen in the long term. And I'm not trying to make the APA or anybody else like go say, no, no complex PTSD. And I'm certainly not 
pointing my finger to anyone who uses complex PTSD as a criteria or as treatment for other people. I just say, be cautious of what does not exist yet and make sure that once we figure out what the diagnosis is and how we actually look at it, is it really complex PTSD? Is it PTSD? What is the difference? And I'm looking forward to that empirical data. And I want to finally finish with something that has come up with many of my clients before. We sometimes don't realize that trauma for one is not trauma for another. And maybe for you, trauma is seeing a dead animal on the side of the road because you think about your own cats or dogs or animals that you love. And maybe you're someone who believes in like the sanctity of life for animals, including animals and not only humans. So it is difficult for you and makes makes it hard to process. No one stopped and so on and so forth. And that's your trauma. For some people, it's, you know, seeing something very horrific, whether it's a murder, being sexually assaulted or being involved in a very horrific accident and that causes trauma. What's important is that what's PTSD or for you or trauma for you may not be for another person. Some people have different resilience. And one of the things that happen a lot with my clients is they judge themselves for not having the same resilience as their friend in the car accident or what have you. No, we're all different and we all process things differently. You may be processing things differently because you've had other traumas that remind you of what just happened. Maybe you also never had any trauma, so you don't know how to deal with it. Maybe the other person has gone to therapy. Maybe the other person has learned how to cope with these difficulties because of a difficult childhood, what have you. Bottom line is that let's not judge who has the worst trauma and who has the best trauma because trauma is trauma. And I think that we need to start looking at ourselves when we look at the reaction of others and how they do with trauma. Just like I hear sometimes and really get upset when I hear from people, whether it's my medical profession, whether it's the first responders, correctional staff, uh, I've heard before, well, didn't you sign up for this? Whether you, you, no one signs up for trauma. No one signs up for that stuff. It happens, unfortunately, with those jobs more often than not. But at the end of the day, no one signed up to see trauma and we need to treat it and be open on the treatment of it and not tell people that that's what they asked for, so to speak, which is very, very judgmental in my opinion. Next week on episode 21, probably is going to be my most exciting episode. No offense to anybody else that I've had in a long time. Not only is it going to be complex because I'm going to have three people in the same room, I'm going to be recording with Kara Terrell and Bill Duenels on crisis work and how it affects us clients and the things that we hope that can change in the crisis world because we've worked. I think if I combine all our years, it'd be over 50 years in the crisis world. So I'm very excited about that. Looking forward to talking to them. And I hope you enjoy the episode too. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Make sure to also kind of like put a little comment if you're really enjoying it. It makes me feel happy to see those and also helps my ratings and things like that. So I beg of you to write something on your favorite platform in regards to this great podcast that you've been enjoying for over 20 episodes now. Also, just want to mention as a disclaimer that this does not constitute advice. And if you need professional help, please do so, as this is not professional help, but rather information and entertainment.